0: Welcome to the Words of the Prophets podcast, where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Aaliyah, and I'm probably not the person you expected to be talking right now, but my dad is not going to be joining us for this one, so he put me in charge, which may or may not have been a good idea. But I'm here with Burke and Rivka. How are you guys doing?
1: Great. I'm great. It is, yeah, it's blue skies and sunshiny and like summer weather here for the week, probably so you'll go back to to dreary gray but yeah Yeah, Yay for Same the sunshine here. for a little bit
0: yeah. i was outside without a sweater on for the first time Whoa. since i've been in wisconsin and it was amazing i was like wow <laughs> what is this
1: but yeah the weather's <laughs> the weather's awesome. good now <laughs> good um Hark- well getting to- back to your oh. arizona days yep exactly well except
0: that in yes. arizona it's probably 110 right now so you know I'd take this over that, but...
1: (laughs) Harkening back to the Arizona days of sun with a reasonable temperature? Yes, there you go. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, today
0: we're going to talk about Safely Gathered Home by Elder Quentin L. Cook of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And so um, this one talked all about the gathering of Israel. And so Rivka, what were some of the fundamental doctrine or principles that you saw when reading through this? So one of my
1: favorite really clear, I don't know, teachings in this. He says, our doctrine is clear that there will be a time and a season for all people to receive and to respond to the gospel message. And I love that statement for a couple of reasons. One, um, <clears throat> as I thought about it this week, I this doctrine... I don't know, to me expresses our Heavenly Father's mercy and love, and that it extends to everyone, that everyone is going to have this chance. There aren't those for whom this is a privilege and those for whom this is not a privilege, that everyone has the opportunity to hear the the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then also I like that it says to receive and respond to the gospel message. It doesn't say that they'll accept it. And that honors the law of agency, which he talks about some more in this. So for me, that was, that was one of my favorite um, sentences in this talk.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, it kind of made me think about I guess the comparison between that and the way God's system works versus the world's. Um, so I guess, what does that tell you
1: about God's character? Um, When he tells us that his work and his glory is to bring to pass our immortality and eternal life, he, his whole um, <clears throat> existence, his knowledge, his, power and his work is, is service oriented and is done to, to build. And that is not always the case in our world. <laughs> the, the, um, you know, the wise behind, behind why our society does things are not always that way. They can be very self-serving. They can be focused on on building up what we have or what we think we should have in order to build up our, our worth or our value, I guess, in the world's eyes. And yeah, so it's just a completely different, um, completely different base that he works from.
0: Yeah. One of selflessness rather than selfishness.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Uh, Burke, what stood out to you for doctrine and principles?
2: All right. So I actually mo- marked a quote from Spencer W. Kimball, who I believe was prophet at the time. And he said, Now the gathering of Israel consists of joining the true church and coming to the knowledge to a knowledge of the true god any person therefore who has accepted the restored gospel and who now seeks to worship the lord in his own tongue and with the saints in the nations where he lives has complied with the law of the gathering of israel and is heir to all of the blessings promised the saints in these last days and i like this because it goes along with with what rivka said everyone's going to get a chance But it also clarifies some ideas about, you know, do you have to move when you join the church? And the answer is, Mm -hmm. no, you stay where you are. (laughs) Uh, Being part of the kingdom of God is not necessarily a location anymore, so much as these things he sums up where it's making the covenants and being obedient to those covenants. And again, everyone will have or has had that opportunity, and it's a responsibility for those of us who's already who have already received it to participate in that so
0: yeah for sure i like um what he does in this talk where he kind of outlines the physical more literal scattering of israel um Mm -hmm. but then also the the kind of spiritual scattering as well um which of course ties into that quote from from president kimball because the gathering as we know it now is a spiritual one more than a physical one and so the gathering is more of a giving knowledge to people who don't have it so they can act on it instead of a let's bring you to Utah <laughs> you know yep. um, so I like that a lot and it, it feels more along the lines of what Rivko was saying it, it aligns more to in my mind to what God's purpose is um, in bringing to pass our immortali- immortality and exaltation um, an eternal life. and so obviously that doesn't just come when you move cities or countries. <laughs> it's a conversion based thing, so
1: yeah, and I mean, there was a time when that was the thing they did, just because it was so early and they needed the support. There were so mm-hmm. few members of the church. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's it's so great that that the gospel is spreading to a point where that doesn't need to be the focus anymore. Um, the moving to be together and that we can like build up our communities that we're in, whether those are, whether those are word communities and the communities of the members of the church that we're in, or just our communities in general. So that's cool.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, Something that I picked up that was actually right after that quote um, is what he says when he says as viewed through a clear lens members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints had the great privilege of loving, sharing, inviting, and helping gather Israel to receive the fullness of the Lord's covenant blessings. And so that was the um, one of the underlying doctrines that I highlighted because the awesomest part of the gathering is that we get to help.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: God didn't have to let us like take part in this, but he did and he does and he wants us to and encourages us to. Because when we help to gather Israel, God helps us to become better people. Um, and so I just think that is super cool that we get to be a part of that. And in the fullness of, or the dispensation of the fullness of times too, not um, some other time when, like during the great apostasy, when the church wasn't even around in its fullness. Um, and so I just yeah. love that, that we get to do that. <laughs> That's so cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, I feel like you're saying that I can't just focus on working on me, <laughs> that I have to look outward and help others as well. Is that what you're I, saying? I
0: think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I, I heard
2: you throw I awesome in there self-assist. and I was like, oh, <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> Both of those things. But if we're if we're working to develop ourselves the way the Lord wants us to, I think it's it just becomes a natural part of us to to exemplify and then sh- have opportunities to share, you know, like yeah. it, it's an out, it's an outgrowth of
2: what Rivka is saying is I still have a sense. lot of development that needs to happen.
0: <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the once um one quote in preach my gospel that I really like is that it, it says that we should help members um, understand that, there are benefits to sharing the gospel, even when the result isn't maybe what we wanted. And so, mm-hmm. even though our efforts are intended to help other people, um, even if they reject our help, it still helps us be better and and grow in in our knowledge of those covenants and act on them more fully. So it's still somehow gathering Israel within ourselves if we're trying to do it for other people, I guess. Ooh, I like that. <laughs>
1: I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I certainly hope this the scorecard is based more on willingness and effort to participate than uh you know, number of souls or differences made in the lives of others.
1: <laughs> yep. <The laughs> Lord I think, loves effort. <laughs> and I think Elder Holland made that clear. I can't remember what talk this came from, but when he he said the good news about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you get credit for trying. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah, that that fits. We do our best.
0: Awesome. Okay. What else stuck um, stuck out to you, Rivka, in this talk?
1: There were a couple of times um, I noticed that he used the word expanded in a place I wouldn't have thought. And your comment about the gathering happening inside of us as well as outside the world, maybe maybe that's part of it. Like that – now I'm thinking – about that and I hadn't this week, but he, so one time he says with the restoration and book of Mormon, the concept of gathering Israel has greatly expanded. So that one made a little more sense. Like, you know, it's not just increasing, but it's expansive. Those two Mm -hmm. things feel like different directions to me. Like one feels two dimensional and one feels three dimensional for me. But then later he says, um, he references the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on missionary work and sharing the gospel, um, that, and actually that it helped <laughs> in a lot of ways because yeah. it, it forced us to do things we weren't doing before. And he, so he talks about the growth great. Um, he says, we're grateful that members and missionaries are now expanding efforts to gather scattered Israel growth continues everywhere. Um, especially South America and Africa. So shout out there. Um, And then he says, we also appreciate that so many across the world have responded to President Nelson's powerful invitation for increased missionary service. Nevertheless, our commitment to love share and invite can be greatly expanded. So again, it just was interesting to me that he didn't use the word increased in either of those places. He used the word expanded Mm -hmm. and, and it makes it feel a little more, I don't know orders of magnitude. Do you know what I mean? Like when <laughs> when the Lord talks about his work is hastening, uh-huh. I just, and maybe that's just one of those funny little word things that happened in my mind that doesn't happen anywhere else. But I thought it was interesting that he kept referring to this as an expansion rather than just an increase. Hmm. It's
0: very interesting. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, as far as the technology aspect, um, it's, it's kind of expanded our reach into almost like a whole other playing field, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's how I see it in my mind of that expansion versus just like the increase. Like it's not just like the volume going up. It's right, like yeah. the reach outward.
1: Yeah. It's not just It's not just the numbers or it's not just, yeah, like sort of that linear increase, but this idea that it's the dimensions are opening up the way yeah. things. Yeah.
0: Ooh, hmm. sounds very cool.
1: <laughs> the dimensions are opening
0: up. <laughs> so there
1: you go. That was my thought. <laughs> very I like very it. sci-fi this time, I guess. I <laughs> don't really mean it that way. <laughs>
0: awesome. Okay, Burke, what stuck out to you?
2: So early on, um, well, I would preface this with, I feel like, you know, in the world and the natural man's inherent desire to create tribes and cliques that we almost always separate ourselves based on worldly success, economic status, education, race, or gender. I think those are probably the biggest ones. And he says right here in the beginning, our heavenly father's plan for safely gathering his children (laughs) to our heavenly home is not based on worldly success, economic status, education, race, or gender. Father's plan is based on righteousness, keeping his commandments and receiving sacred ordinances and honoring the covenants we make. And in the light of this, it's interesting with the study we're doing right now and Come Follow Me, that so much of the defense of um, the Pharisees at the time of Christ was based on lineage, mostly race to some degree. Um, you know, sort of the argument, well, we have Abraham for our father. And he says later right. down here, those who accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, regardless of lineage, become part of gathered Israel. So if you yep. were looking for a reason to exclude someone or if you were feeling like someone who didn't have a responsibility to come into the fold of Israel because you're not in that, it doesn't matter. Everyone is invited <laughs> and we want to remove those divisions that form our tribes and our cliques.
0: Nice. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> what um, what does that mean to you in your life?
1: Uh,
2: um. Well, I remember specifically as a missionary, initially it feeling very strange that the people we most needed to talk to were the people we were least like, I guess, which makes sense Mm -hmm. as a missionary. But I think that's a lot of times the hardest part of gathering Israel is we tend to congregate around people who are like us. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's just natural. It's a thing we do. And it's something that many societies are now trying to combat for a number of reasons. Um, for instance, if you're a you know hiring manager at a company, you're most likely to hire people who are what you are, which in my case would be, you know, white conservative Christian men. But that <laughs> excludes most of the people. <laughs> that, and 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 especially considering that I am my own you know brand of weird, as we all are, that you start excluding a lot of people who not only could benefit from. Perhaps your, perhaps your specific life experiences is different th- than theirs, but it limits our growth, which is kind of the joke that I was making earlier when I you know, yeah. so it sounded like you were calling me out and saying, I have to step outside my comfort bubble to spread the message to yes. other people. And the answer is, well, yes, of course you do, because God <laughs> loves all his children. And how do you become a person who can love a diverse collection of brothers and sisters unless you associate with them and you invite them and you teach with them and you share with them. So
0: mm. I have a long ways to so, go, but I
2: recognize the call.
0: I'm sensing a theme of selflessness here. <laughs> oh, sure.
2: We can bring it back around to what you said at the beginning if you want to. That's fine.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, well, something that I... Highlighted in this talk was actually a quote from president Nelson, which everyone has heard because it's been quoted probably 83 times by now. Um, but he says anytime you do anything that helps anyone on either side of the veil, take a step toward making covenants with God and receiving their essential baptismal and temple ordinances. You are helping to gather Israel. It is as simple as that. And so this has, this has a lot. Um, a, it tells me that there's a lot of ways to gather Israel um, mm-hmm. some that are more in our comfort zone than others maybe, and that we can work on all of them and still be helping. It also tells me that um, the gathering is just as much in the living world as it is on the other side of the veil, and that it's just as valuable on both. Because if if God doesn't necessarily divide his people up by – by economic status or race or gender, et cetera, then why would he do it by opportunity to receive the gospel in this life? Because yeah. there's billions of people that have lived without that. Um, and so yeah. it makes sense to me that he would extend that to the heavens <laughs> and give everyone a chance to hear, even though they maybe didn't in this earth. And yeah. then I also like that it it kind of highlights the focus on covenants Um, in my mind, I kind of equate the gathering to covenants, um, because that's, that's what he lists here, baptismal and temple covenants. That's like the path. That's the way you progress. And so if you're helping people to make and keep those covenants, you're helping to gather Israel because it's essentially the same thing.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, I I think it's interesting that with this expansive as that quote is, anytime you do anything that helps anyone on either side of the veil, I still feel like I managed to spend a lot of time not accomplishing the gathering of Israel. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: like I read that and I was like, uh, you, wow,
2: anything you do helps. And I was like, okay, what did I do today that helped? You know,
1: <laughs> Little teeny the bits. the thing is, if you're just faithfully and actively living the gospel, I think there are a lot of moments that we will never know about, um, where, you know, we add a little something to someone's idea of what the savior is like, or idea that religion in general, isn't all awful, or do you know what I mean? Like, I think because change happens in people over time, and sometimes it takes a lot It takes a lot of influence and takes a lot of Um. uh, What sort of exposure um, to ideas and and thoughts and people for that to happen? And so I think that's why the encouragement comes so often for us to go about sharing the gospel in normal and natural ways, which just means live the gospel and don't hide the fact that you live the gospel. And I think a lot of work gets done there. I think that so much of the anytime and anything and anyone that we help, we don't know.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And I th- I think about the number of times in the last few months since um, Jack is uh, reaching graduation age. And then mm-hmm. we'll be going on a mission next year. And I was like, Oh, what's your son's do- son doing when he finishes high school? And I'm like, well, he's probably going to do a mission. And then the discussion that always comes from that, like, how does that work? How does he find out where to go? Does he get to pick? And so I have had a lot of discussions yeah. in the last few months just based on that. Yeah. So,
1: and all of that mm-hmm. is sharing the gospel. I think sometimes we, um, I don't know get in our own way when we think that our sharing of the gospel has to result in someone coming to church with us on Sunday or getting baptized next Saturday. And that's so the end of the road for, you know, for people's (laughs) introduction to the church. And so every conversation like that, just, you know, the idea that there are 18 and 19 year old kids in this world who will go and spend their time and their money and, 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 you know, to go out and and yeah. share a message that they believe in is, um I think it's even becoming more and more strange, you know, and unheard of and mm-hmm. unusual. So yeah. yeah, all of that sharing the gospel. Because it's just really like letting people see what it's like to live the gospel. That's what the yeah. Savior did. He just came and he lived the gospel. And I mean, he did some teaching and he did some inviting and stuff like that, but But I mean, even still, the thing that we learn most from him is through his example.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and the things he got most in trouble for were the things he did. (laughs) (laughs) Not nearly as much the things he said, although there was some of that, but a lot of times he's healing people and helping people and whatever. That
0: is true. (laughs) And I think also the power of your individual study and and personal level of living the gospel makes it so that when you're around other people your example shines brighter and when you have those conversations with people that that conversion comes through if you weren't studying the scriptures if you weren't going to the temple if you weren't going to church having that conversation with someone wouldn't impact them because they wouldn't feel the spirit as much but just because you are doing all those like the the basics the fundamentals you have the spirit with you and the people can feel it even if they don't know how to recognize it. And so even something as simple as like reading your scriptures alone in a room by yourself can still help other people be, be gathered in one way or another.
2: Yeah. But they don't ever tell me when I get to mark down one of the check boxes for having, (laughs) (laughs) having, you know, invited to Israel, you know, like, Oh, wow, that was great work. You should, uh, you should put a checkbox you know, check mark down in your box today. You did Who's that. Who's
1: giving you check boxes? you need <laughs> new friends.
2: <laughs> but that's kind of my whole point is there's so much of this that like, did you succeed? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I think we won't know until a long, long time from now.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, One of the invitations he actually extends has to relate to that then being an example and he says an essential part of this missionary effort is for individual members to become beacon light examples wherever we live and the promised blessing in that is our christ-like example of kindness righteousness happiness and sincere love for all peoples can create not only a guiding beacon light for them but also an understanding that is that there is a safe harbor in the ordinances of salvation and exaltation of the restored gospel of jesus christ so yeah. we kind of already discussed that, but now, now you've heard it from one of yeah. Christ's 12 apostles. So, <laughs> See?
1: Kindness, happiness, those count as sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Absolutely. yep. Mm-hmm.
2: And For I like other... also too that in that, oh, well, just yeah. in that invitation, he includes the words safe Harbor because in as much as yes, we are inviting people to do hard things and maybe give up some things they're used to. And become a little peculiar. That there is actually safety and peace in that, and so it's something that is mm-hmm. worth having, even though the world mm-hmm. pretty much teaches that it's not. That's true.
0: Okay. Were there any other imitations and promised
1: blessings that you guys picked out? No, I, I... The same one as you. <laughs> did. You, you mocked the same one as me, Burke. How do you know?
2: No, the same one as uh, that Aaliyah just read.
1: Oh, that Aaliyah just read. Oh, okay. I was like, I was going to read one, and then I was like, how do you know? We're not in the (laughs) same. It's amazing. Um, So here's the one I marked, and it's just a couple paragraphs below that. My specific prayer today is for every child, young man, young woman, family, quorum, relief society, and class, basically everybody, actually... (laughs) Exactly everybody, literally everybody, <laughs> to review how we individually and collectively accept dramatic counsel to help gather Israel that has been issued by the Lord and our beloved prophet. And I love this one because invitations for introspection are always good. And, you know, but also the phrase dramatic counsel. What? Mm-hmm. Dramatic I loved that. <laughs> counsel to help gather Israel. So I looked up dramatic because... <laughs> you know, initially I was like <laughs> picturing, you know, theatrics, over-dramatics. So I was like, let's find some other words that aren't that. And here's what I found. Sudden, striking, exciting, and impressive. And I liked, Ooh. Those, I liked those words in the definition of dramatic. So coming from our prophet, they are st- I don't know that they're sudden, but they're striking and exciting and impressive it is an impressive invitation for mm-hmm. someone to give a group of people but yeah I love it so there's the invitation um to review how we individually and collectively accept dramatic counsel to help gather Israel not how we follow it I think that's interesting too that it's it's can ponder how you accept it mm. and I like that yeah so and how that that soaks into your soul. And then what comes from that acceptance of that counsel?
0: Awesome. I love that phrase, dramatic counsel too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then his reiteration right at the end, the Lord expects those who have received his gospel to urgently strive to be a beacon light example that will help others come to God. So he invited you to earlier and then like three paragraphs later, he's like, and by the way, God wants you to do this. (laughs) Yes,
1: but really, I invite you.
0: (laughs) Were there promise blessings associated with that?
2: Well, he does say there are remarkable blessings in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The scriptures speak of joy and peace, forgiveness of sins, protection from temptations, and sustaining power from God. There are some things in there I could use.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I want that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and we know what... The gospel of Jesus Christ does to people and for people and a world in which everyone has that sounds like the sort of world I want to live in. So there's there's another blessing that comes from it is that if we work toward this, then we get to be a part of that world eventually.
0: Yeah, that's true. Awesome. Any other last thoughts before we wrap
1: up? (laughs) No,
2: I think when I, so I went back and looked at the notes I took during this talk uh, when it was originally given, I was listening to it and all I wrote down was the gathering of Israel. So <laughs> I would say we got a lot more out of it than I did on first listening. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> nice. But I did we really like,
2: back. yeah, I did really like how he went through it kind of step by step and summed it up. It, it felt kind of scriptural how often, you know, missionaries in the scriptures, they start at the beginning and they give mm-hmm. the whole background. And I did like that. So if you haven't had a chance to, Read or listen to this talk. It is worthwhile just for the history that he gives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very clear presentation of that, which is really nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, next time we'll be discussing the talk, A Living Prophet for the Latter Days by Elder Alan D. Haney. I hope that's how you say that name Um, and it was an awesome talk and I'm sure lots of people remember it because of the water bottle story so we're excited to talk (laughs) about it Um, but feel free to reach out to us as always we're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and our email is podcast at gmail.com so we always love hearing from anyone but yes, until next time keep the faith If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just
1: to you.